Today's episode is a conversation about the challenges and triumphs of balancing motherhood and entrepreneurship. Laura and I swap our personal experiences and practical advice on managing energy, work-life harmony, and the power of personal branding in business. Both of us know that despite trials, it's entirely possible to have the best of both worlds, motherhood and business. And it's important to find your own unique path without comparing it to anyone else's. This is a very open and candid conversation with two moms and business owners who are entirely different stages of life, yet find common ground through it all. Believes that you and your business deserve to be seen and has made it her life's purpose and mission to support female entrepreneurs in their quest to build a life by design. With over a decade of experience building digital marketing strategies for some of the world's biggest brands, Laura now teaches ambitious women how to adapt the strategies of Fortune 500s for their own businesses, empowering them to step into their inner CEO along the way. A mother of two, Laura is a marketing and business mentor for ambitious women and CEO of the boutique social media marketing agency, the LJ Social Agency, and the host of This Mother Means Business podcast. Woo, you guys. This is such a good episode. I'm so excited for you to listen. So let's get into it. Hi, I'm Olivia Austin, brand designer, strategist, business coach, and life enthusiast. I'm obsessed with helping people build a dream life and business that allows them to wake up every day doing what they love and make money doing it. Each episode, I'll take you behind the scenes on how to build an authentic brand, intentional business, and live a life with purpose every single day. So grab a coffee, open up your journal. This is Behind the Design Podcast. Hi, Olivia. Hi, Laura. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm so excited to chat. Me too. I'm excited that we are hosting a joint episode today. So regardless of whether you're listening on my podcast or listening over on Olivia's podcast, we just figured, you know what, we're probably going to have the same conversation over in both places. So why not just do it together? Yeah, I love this. I'm excited about everything that we're going to dive into. Even just prior to hitting record, we were like, okay, let's just get started. (laughs) Yeah, well, because the last time that you and I really had a meaningful conversation was before motherhood for you. And so Mm -hmm. it's so exciting to be able to catch up, but I'm, I'm hoping, I know that we're on each other's podcast right now. So I'm hoping maybe we can just do like a quick little introduction and you can introduce yourself for people that are meeting you for the first time over in, in Laura land. And then I can introduce myself quickly for people that are meeting me for the first time over on in Olivia land. Yes. I love that. I love Olivia land. That'd be, that'd be an amazing place to be. I feel like same with Laura land. We'd have so much fun. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Hi, if you're meeting me for the first time, I'm Laura. I'm a business and marketing mentor and I own the LJ Social Agency. And if you're listening to this on Olivia's podcast, my podcast is called This Mother Means Business. And we talk about all things motherhood and entrepreneurship. And I'm super excited for Olivia and I. We're, we are going to dive in today about all things, sort of how we balance doing the things, running agencies, serving clients and having babies. My kids are six and three. So in a slightly different motherhood season than Olivia, but it doesn't feel too far away if I'm totally honest. So I'm super excited (laughs) to connect with you all for the first time. Yeah, I'm so excited. And I know the first time that 
we met a few years ago. Like, I don't even know how, what is time? Was this last year? No, it was, it was a couple of years ago, I think now. Two years ago, I remember asking you so many questions about what it's like to be a mom in business and own your own business because there's really not enough resources out there for women who are business owners that want to take a maternity leave, that want to spend more time with their kids. And so I'm very lucky to have met you when I did because you really gave me the permission to not only be a mom, but still pursue my own passion. So it's been so great connecting with you over the years. So if you're listening to me on Laura's show, what's up? Like, I didn't even know this. I didn't know that you were peppering me with questions strategically. I love it. Yeah. I mean, not strategically, but just kind of curious, like, what's it like? How, you know, what's the balance like? Is it worth it? (laughs) Did you prepare? You know, all of the things. But yeah, if you're listening to this on Laura's podcast, This Mother Means Business, my name is Olivia Austin. I am a brand designer, strategist, and business mentor for creatives. So I own Current Design Studio, where we do brand and website design. And we are also introducing a template shop in 2020. And then I also have a coaching brand where I have masterminds, group coaching programs, and templates and courses to help other designers and creatives build a business and life of their dreams. So I'm very excited to be here because like Laura said, we kind of talk about the same thing, building a business around your life and not the other way around. So when I originally reached out to you, I was like, we need to have this conversation. Okay, so I want to start. I want to start by asking you a question because you have a six-month-old, and yeah. I feel like this idea of like building your business around your life and not the other way around is so different before you become a mom, and then when you become a mom, your priorities change so much, and probably in a way that like sometimes you're not even ready for. I, you know, whenever I talk to women that are pregnant. I always, I never want to be that person that's like, just you wait, you know, because I feel like that rhetoric is so, it can be yeah. so damaging, but I and also, is so different. so different. Everyone's baby is different. Everyone's personality is different. You know, I am the same way. I have like 10 friends. We all had babies within a year of each other and yeah, it's just everyone's experience is so different. So like the just you wait is like, yeah, I don't like that rhetoric either. It's not helpful at all. But the thing that sometimes I try to like say to new moms is just like, just be open to whatever happens. You yeah. Know? Like, try not to make a plan. Plan <laughs> to not plan. You know, like you you aren't going to have control. Like I see you trying to map how this is all going to go, but you really won't have any control over like what your baby needs, what happens, like you can try your best. And I, I, I see that and I love that for you, but <laughs> you're not going to have control over everything. And so I'd love to just sort of, you know, start there. Like what, I mean, I would say what's changed for you, which is a really big question because everything, but I'd love to hear like a little bit about what is different now for you or things that maybe you didn't expect to be coming up in this exact yeah. season where you are. Yeah, I love this question because I having Lila totally rocked my world. And I I wanted to be a mom, 
but I went into motherhood. My husband and I went into parenthood very much like, woohoo, let's see what happens. Like we literally were at a bar one time and we're like, yeah, we could bring a baby here. Like no problem. Let's try. And like, just so like very much just like my friends would be like, what's the wake window? How's she doing? And I'm like, I know literally nothing. I had a baby and I'm bringing her home and that's what's happening. So it totally (laughs) rocked my world when like for three months at a minimum, this baby just like needed everything from me. And I had planned to take an extended maternity leave. So I took four and a half months for maternity leave. And I really thought that coming back from maternity leave, everything would just go back to normal. It'd be like, okay, I'm going to pass my baby on. And then I get to work have 30 designated hours a week that I get to work. And that just was not the case. The childcare situation didn't work out. Lila is just a little bit like she's extra clingy. So she just like cried all the time. And then I was home. So I would hear it. And it just was really just didn't, you know, was not how I expected it to be. But the best thing that I did for myself and my business was I set my business up in a way that it doesn't need me to operate day in and day out. So I, when I found out I was pregnant, I knew that this was not only going to be the way that my business was going to be run for the first year of Lila's life, but probably for the next five years when we are growing our family. So in my mind, the way that it, my business was structured at the time heavily revolved around me. Like I needed to be on client calls. I needed to do things like day in and day out in order for the business to run. So I was set up pretty well because I did have a team, but there were still just like high level things that I needed to do. Sales calls, proposals, quotes, things like that. And so what I did from the second that I found out that I was pregnant until I had Lila was basically go into the internal structures of my business and figure out, okay, what needs to happen in order for the business to still run without me for five months, but then also going forward. And that was the way that I had planned, quote unquote. So now when Lila's teething and she's terrible at napping and I only have a half hour to myself during the day, it's like, I don't have, I'm not fighting any fires or I don't have client work hanging over my head because my team can take care of it. And the way that I've set my business up that way. Hmm. And did that require you hiring other people or did that require you just delegating more? So the first thing that I did was I basically dismantled my entire team because another thing that also happened was I realized that I didn't like my position in the business at the time. So I dismantled my team and then I automated and put in structures that using software. So like, like just lead, like lead generation, click up all of that. I overhauled everything so that I could like in an automated way. So that was one way that basically like replaced a person. And then I rehired to fit the internal structure that where, where my position it better. So it mostly required more delegation and then just like high level strategy of like, okay, how is this actually going to run? Yeah, man. I wish I had done that with my first, <laughs> I'm thinking about, you know, for me, when my daughter was born, she's six now. And so when I got pregnant with my daughter, I ran a gym 
And we were in a place where we had like one employee that like coached a lot of the classes and my husband did a lot of the heavy lifting, which is like a whole other story because he also had a full-time job on top of it. Then when my daughter was like six months old, that all came crashing down because our employee left. And so it was like, I had hinged my entire strategy for keeping my business afloat on this one employee. And certainly, gosh, looking back, I would do that a hundred different ways, but it was, it was such a powerful learning for me that going into having my second, my son, my business was in a totally different place. I still owned the gym at the time when I got pregnant with him, but really had different systems in place and really didn't even need to be at the gym anymore. Like it was just running on its own. And then, you know, the universe likes to throw wrinkles. And so in March of 2020, when we all shut down for two weeks out of an abundance of caution, and we know how the rest of that goes, then I had to figure that out, like being, having a baby and a business that was closed or running in COVID. And yeah. so the business that I'm running right now, like when I think about my agency and I think about the coaching work that I do, I actually didn't live in the season that you're in, in this particular business. It was when I was running the gym and like navigating the pandemic and running a gym in the pandemic and closing a business and starting a new one. But I think what's interesting is like the seasons change so much. Like I'm in a season now we were chatting about like care, childcare before, before we started recording, like my daughter's in grade school, she's in grade one and my son's in preschool. And so it's like, I have nine to three twenty every day to assuming nobody's sick or, you know, plus, plus, plus to get work done. And so I say that to you, that probably feels like, oh my gosh, what would that be like? <laughs> I like, that sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you structure your days then? Because now that your kids are older, you know, I'm sure they're like, mom, 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 like, you know, you have to be good and ready for them when they come home. And I'm sure you want to be, you know, you're yes. working from nine to three and then you know, the rest of the day and the night are dedicated to your family, which is, we're very lucky to be in a place that we can do that. And I think that's something that a lot of entrepreneurs forget. We still have that, whether you came from nine to five or not, we still have that like nine to five mindset where you mm -hmm. think I, in order to be successful, in order to have my goals happen, I need to work all the time. And that's not the case, especially if you're a mom, mom speed is a serious thing. Like the amount of things I get done in a nap is like unbelievable. My old self would have been like, you go girl. So for you, how do you structure your days then knowing like, okay, I have these, what is that? Six hours. Oh my God. That's amazing. These six hours to just get stuff done. Yeah. That's such a good question. And I think, you know, I love what you said about like the nine to five, what we're used to like just filling it. And the old me a couple of years ago would have just been like, I'm going to work for six hours straight, but that really doesn't work for me. And the, the season I'm in in my life right now is like really protecting my energy. I'm an introvert. And so I can do heads down work for, I could do head down work, heads down work for six hours. But as far as coaching, like being live and active on calls with people, I'm actually only good for about four hours a day. And so mm. I really have to protect my energy because when my kids come home, they're relatively high needs. Like I've got a six-year-old and a three-year-old. They want to like do stuff, right? Like yeah. we're not mommy, just mommy, feeling, mommy, it's mommy. mommy up. Can we do this? And it's the hundred questions and the come play with me. Like I'm on. And so it really is an exercise in being able to manage my energy throughout the day. And that usually means not working for those six hours. 
Mm. Usually it's, you know, I would love to tell you that I'm a morning person that gets up and does my workout in the morning, but I'm not because my son wakes up at 530 in the morning and that's about as early as I'm able to manage really. Talk. Yeah. That's too much. <laughs> so usually on a typical day, you know, I drop, drop off at nine, I'm home at nine, 10. I usually try to exercise during that period of time. And that's something that I've really had to shift as a former gym, gym over, owner. It was like, if I don't work out for an hour, it's not a real workout. And now it's like, yeah. I'll do like 30, 40 minutes of exercise regularly. Today, I just did a walk. I'm just back from Arizona and feeling a little jet lagged, but I try to get in some movement. I try to eat a proper breakfast in that time because again, if anyone's ever done, like try to get your kids out of the door in the morning to go to, to get to school and preschool, we're going two different places. Like that is a three act drama in itself. So then I'll eat breakfast and then I usually plug into my computer like around 10 30 or 11. And then it's like, whatever has to happen between 10 30, 11 to three. Sometimes that's client calls. Sometimes that's dedicated work. I only take client calls on specific days. So I only have my clients, my coaching clients book in on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Thursdays are usually podcast or administrative days for me. And then Tuesdays are usually like, I get to do whatever I want. <laughs> so yeah. I just started horseback riding again after 20 years. So I'm trying to do oh that on Tuesdays and really just reminding myself that like, there's so much spaciousness and abundance in like me just being and not always doing like, I really had to take myself to task recently, like before the summer over how much make work I was doing for no reason. Mm. Yeah. Um, and that was making me not a great mom in the evenings when my kids were coming home because I was spending six hours in my office. And throughout the summer, I was able to kind of shift that. And then when my kids come home at three o'clock and three 30 and four o'clock, I can do whatever it is they need. So if that's activities or make dinner or, you know, be a human jungle gym, whatever is required of me during that time. So yeah, I try to have some loose structure in my day, but while also, you know, leaving flexibility for the fact that I ultimately have no control over anything. Yeah, no, I, I love everything that you just said. And that is, you know, an ideal work week, work life week for most people, you know, someone listening might be like, how do I do that? How do I get that? And I think the biggest takeaway is setting those boundaries and just yeah. putting things out there of how you want to live. And I know for me, like I do the same thing. I only take calls on certain days right now. It's obviously just every, it's a free for all, but normally that's what I would do. Or I have designated days for X, Y, Z. And that's really the first step is being like, I'm only taking calls on Tuesdays and Thursdays, anything yeah. outside of that, like just go to the next week or it's just not going to work because that focus work is what really helps. And then just really like, okay, if I want to be present for my kids when they get home at three, what do I need to do in order to be there? And I love what you're talking about with the energy and like getting your energy right and eating and movement. I was the same exact way. I was a gymnast my entire life all the way through university. And so like the hardcore workout, like if I wasn't hurting, it didn't yeah. count as a workout. And now like 20 minutes of movement and a long walk is like, I'm so happy. And I feel so good after that. And that is what is what I need. So anyone listening that wants to like dissect Laura's work life week is setting those boundaries and doing like putting yourself first, because it's amazing when you don't want to work out, you're super tired. Your kid woke you up at 5am. If you get a good coffee in, 
maybe journal a little bit and some movement, your day can be completely turned around. And I listened to something recently and, oh, I remember what I was going to say. So I had Cassie, I, I can't think of her last name, on my podcast. And she was talking about, she said something that was like, I am just unavailable for the hustle mom culture. And I love that like unavailable, you know, phrase because it's so true. If you put yourself out there and you say, I am just unavailable for this and you just start living how you want your business and your life to be, that's going to be a magnet from the universe, universe, from system, whatever you want to call it to be like, okay, she's ready for it. This is what she actually wants because she's showing me that this is what she needs. You know, if I'm interrupting an episode, it is for a darn good reason. And I'm super excited to share with you that the doors are officially open for the next round of the Ambition Mastermind. Ambition is my mastermind for ambitious entrepreneurial mothers who are looking for support and community for the next six months. We kick off in January of 2024, and if this is the year you are ready to go all in on your business, all in on your life, and finally hit those goals that you've been chasing, make sure you head to the link in the show notes, book a call with me, and let's chat and see if ambition is a fit for you. Yeah, I agree with that fully, and it's so interesting, like being unavailable for things, what that's bringing up for me is, you know, I think there's a lot of information out there about how you should run your business and how you should be and should, 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 you know, like yes, we should all over ourselves on so many things. And, you know, certainly I'm sure how you run your business and your priorities have changed in, in six months. Right. And mine really have too. And they continue to, to ebb and flow and change and the things that I want change. And it's not always like, you know, we have a, we have a mutual friend and I, I run a social media agency and we have a mutual friend that runs a social media agency and her agency is a volume model. You know, they've got, they do amazing work, but 40, 50, 60, 70 clients. Like to me, I'm like, that sounds awful. You know, like I just want a nice, like I want my people, I'm going to give them high ticket. <laughs> they're going to get high touch. And like, that's it. You know, like I have no desire to run the volume model. Yeah. It just wasn't, I don't have energy for that. That's like way too many people in my life. And like the same thing on, you know, when you get advice from people about business, I was recently at an event and I had, you know, the, the individual hosting the event was giving me this advice that just like, wasn't realistic for the season of my life that I'm in. It was like, you need to do these things three times a week. And I'm like, but I have a two-year-old. <laughs> like, I think, you know, and so, you know, I've sat in lots of rooms where somebody's giving advice and I like turn to the person next to me and I'm like, but do they have kids? But do they have kids? I do that all, on all these girls podcasts nowadays. They're like talking about sleep, sleep, sleep. I'm like, I'm not listening to anyone that has any kids that are, if they don't right. have any kids under the age of five, because the, sleep right. doesn't count. No, I mean, like my son sleeps the night, but he has nightmares. He wakes up, you know, he's up at 530. My daughter has a bad dream. You know, like I could, I can't tell you the last night that I had like eight hours of undisturbed sleep. And I'm sorry, because my daughter's six and I can't (laughs) tell you. Sorry to break it. I'm just used to it now. Like I just like. It happens time and time, every now and then. But like, I can't count on that. You know, like I can't count on getting eight hours or nine hours of undisturbed sleep. And so I think you really have to start filtering what is for you. And even the stuff that like we're talking about today on this podcast, right? You might be listening to this and think like, 
oh, you know what, Laura says, like, that's just not realistic for me, or that's not, that doesn't align with the season that I'm in or vice versa, right? And that's okay. And so what I try to encourage moms and moms that are entrepreneurs to do is to really like look at other people's success and what other people are doing as a guide, but not gospel, right? Like you need to decide what ultimately is the best for you. And I don't, I genuinely don't think there's a wrong way. I think it's just like, don't burn yourself out. Like you have to, your priorities need to be yourself first because you are the most important resource in your business. So like act accordingly. Yeah. But also like the advice that's out there might not be for you. And like, that is okay. Yeah, definitely. And taking advice from, or mentorship from people who have the business and the lifestyle that you aspire to have as well. And that's something I've always looked at for mentors and just where I seek any sort of guidance from. It's like, okay, they do have kids or they have, you know, the lifestyle that I want. They travel and have children and run a business. You know, that's what I want to have. And I think, I mean, I don't think that there's a wrong way, but I think that if someone's saying, here's the exact way to get to 10 K or 20 K months, then that's not the type of advice, especially in motherhood, how you should be like, or how you would want to run your business. Yeah. If you're saying that run in the other direction <laughs> as fast yeah. as possible, I think that like, and it's okay too, right? Like, I think the, the one thing I catch myself in sometimes is comparing myself to people that don't have kids that are in my industry or doing similar work. And I have to check myself in those moments. It's just like, no, like you have two full-time jobs, right? Like being a mom is a full-time job, regardless of the season you're in, because even if you're not present with your kids, like my kids aren't physically here in this house right now. But I need, I'm anticipating what they're going to need after school. I'm anticipating what we're having for dinner. Like, what are we doing? Like, is there a doctor's appointment? Do I need to book that doctor's appointment? Do we have enough shampoo? Do we have the right lotion? You know, like mental load of motherhood. There is a really, really good New York Times article written. I should send it to you after this about the mental load of motherhood. And it's basically talking about everything that you just said. So my husband today. He's in his busy season for work and he's just like, I have so much to do. I, I, I don't know what I'm, when I'm going to have to do it. And I was like, what do you have to do, Alex? Like, I will help you. Yeah. And he said he needed to go to the dry cleaner and prepare for his brother's wedding. That's in three weeks. I'm like, okay, I can drop your dry cleaning off. I'm going to run to target today. So t- just today I did the laundry, changed the sheets, fed Lila, put her down for two naps, went to Target, then had to go to Walmart, grocery shopped, worked for an hour, and now here we are. And he's like, the dry cleaning and the the wedding in three weeks. And I'm like, it's going to be okay. But it's, yeah, the mental load of motherhood, like we really need to give ourselves one to two hours a day just to give ourselves that space in order to you know, keep going because I do find like this morning I was like, I wanted to work out and I was like, you know what? I need to just journal. I need to get everything that's out of my head out onto paper because it's going to make it seem like it's not as big of a deal as it really is. And I think that that's something that we, especially when you have so many things on your plate, you're just like, go, go, go. And you don't give yourself time to think like, okay, what is actually important? What do I actually need to prioritize? And in order to move the needle forward or not feel so overwhelmed. 
Oh, there was something else I was going to say on the mental load of motherhood while you were talking, but now I can't remember. That's okay. We'll come back to it if it, if it comes <laughs> okay. up. Just, yeah. I think also welcome to mom brain when there's like 700 yeah. different things happening. But I, I do think like, I do think that grace is just so important and remembering that like we all have different supports too, right? Like what is accessible or available to you or I might not be accessible or available to somebody else. I mean, we both, we were talking about nannies before and being able to have that. You and I both have team. And so some of that is reflective of where we are in our business, right? We have a business where we can afford to have team and to hire nanny or school or daycare, right? And certainly in before my kids were preschool age, we had nannies and, and support that way. And I think, you know, not everybody that's listening to this might have access to that. And so you may be in a season of trying to mom and build your business in like the nooks and crannies of time. And I love what you said earlier about like the efficiency of moms. It's actually insane what can get done. And I just think that, you know, it's just so important, regardless of where you are, what season you're in, like know that you're not behind, right? Like we all have different supports. And just because, you know, we have kids at young children and I've got two and you've got one and they're different ages. It's like, we all just have such different supports and we're all walking our own path. And this idea that we're behind, like suggests that there's like somebody walking the same, like we're walking the same path as somebody else and we're just behind somebody else, but like nobody's walking the same path. And so I just really encourage moms that are entrepreneurs like to give yourself so much grace. Like I, I genuinely believe that it's all possible for you. Like you can have it all, but you do not have to do it all. And it doesn't yeah. have to happen tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, you know, just have on the topic of having it all, but not doing it all. You know, someone recently said to me, because I, so for everyone listening, I'm in a position where I own an agency. We work with lots of clients. That's my full-time thing. I also have a coaching business and the coaching is more passive, but the agency is still like relies on me to run. And we do not have any childcare right now. So it's me and my husband are basically just figuring it out on our own. And a lot of it falls on me because I have a more flexible schedule and he's in a super busy season. Like I said, the laundry and the the wedding, not even his wedding, it's just a lot for him right now. So anyway, which is fine. And I was talking to this with a colleague and I was just saying like, I feel very behind, like, to think, you know, I'm not going to have childcare until November. That to me is like the year is almost over. I'm so behind on my goals. I'm this person's doing this. And I, I just feel like I'm b- behind the, the bar. And she was just saying that, you know, there is no right or wrong way to work. If you are working during your nap times, then what is wrong with that? If you're getting what you need to get done in sporadically throughout the day or from 7 p.m. to midnight, then that's what works for you. There's no right or wrong way to work. So for anyone listening that's like, well, I don't have any childcare, I don't have XYZ, then it's fine. You just have to make it work if you really want it as well. So I'm all for like, you know, the shy girl era or like the soft girl era, whatever that is. But like, if you want something, you have to work for it. Like I work most nights, I work from 7 to 10 p.m. at at the earliest, sometimes until midnight because yes, it's super hard and yes, I'm very, very tired, but I have big goals that I refuse to use that as an excuse. Mm-hmm. So I think that there's definitely a good balance. Like tomorrow, 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 it's like 
it's going to be just as hard tomorrow. Yeah. You just have to, you know, get up and go. Like, I mean, most mornings I'm just like, you got this, like look at myself in the mirror. Like the talk. You know, your goals don't care about how tired you are. Like you only have today, like make, make it happen. But obviously like, you know, balance. I don't really love the word balance. I try to use more like harmony, you know, and most days that works for me. Some days like Lila has two teeth that are about to come in and she's just like unwell. Like I just have to hold her basically all day. That's fine. It is what it is. I know that I'll have a better day the next day, but I think there's a delicate balance of like, okay, I'm in this season, but I also have big goals that I want to make. I love that you said that. I think that that's, you know, that's a big part of it. And like, I'm the last person that's ever going to be like, just like, relax, sit back. It's going to be okay. I think it's like, yeah, you need to do what is realistic for you. And sometimes that means like I took a nap today in the middle of the day. Cause I was like, I just can't, I'm just can't hack it right now. I'm going to be not going to be here for my kids when they get home. That's right. productive. Rest is productive. It is productive. And I, but I love that you said that like, it's, there are some nights that you're just like grinding and you're getting it done because like motherhood, like your goals don't have to take a backseat to motherhood. You know? No. So that's a, that is really important. And there's a lot of people that are in that season. Right. And you right now don't have childcare. So that's what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. And I get so many, I share a lot on social media, just like the day, day in and day out of what I do in, in, in a day. And I get so many messages. People are like, how do you do it all? How do you do this? And it's like, I'd be lying if I said I don't cry like at least once a week <laughs> or half the time I shower and Lila's like in a little bouncer just watching me, staring at me. I wake up super early and yes, I'm tired. But like I said, like you it's all about your capacity. And I love Brendan Bouchard, Bouchard and Ed Milet and all of them. And they talk a lot about motivation versus discipline and Ryan Holiday. And discipline is so much more important than motivation. Everyone has motivation. My kids motivate me. My, you know, the money motivates me, whatever that is. But if you don't have the discipline to put that into action, then it's always just going to be a dream. It's always just going to be a motivation and not something that actually happens. Yeah. Spoken like a true ex-gymnast. I had to sit here. I'm like sitting here giggling. How you talk about that? I was like, that's such an athlete thing to say. And like, I was an athlete growing up too. Yep. And so a swimmer. And so I'm just kind of like, that is such like, that's the thing that I love about like having grown up doing sports is that you know that, right? Like, oh yeah. Lots of days you don't want to go and do something. Like I did not, there were lots of days I did not go, want to go swimming. Oh yeah. But I went because it is, about discipline. And I, I do feel like that transferred, but I had to laugh as I was sitting here. I was like, the only, <laughs> only an athlete. Yeah, like, that's very true. Some people are like, how are you like this? And I'm like, I feel like I should say that I was a gymnast from the age seven all the way to 22, because that is why I am the way I am. <laughs> Same. I, I joke that I have like the swimmer crazy. There's like a little bit of a switch in there. That's like yeah. a little unwell. But that's probably why we're successful in business because the competition and like the drive, you know, I am like, I need to win. I need to win this client. I need to win these goals because I, yeah, like the discipline that you're talking about. Yeah. I think like, you know, this is, now this is becoming an ad to put your kids into sports, but I do think that there is something like there is, there is a link there, right. Is like you, especially competitive sports where you have to work hard, like swimming, you work a year to shave off like half a second. Yeah. Like these are like right. little, you can't half ass it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like 
you're working your butt off to go a really small step. And I do like, to your point, I think that there is a really big piece of why I've been successful in entrepreneurship that I can credit to the lessons that I learned in sport. Definitely. Yeah, Definitely. absolutely. Because it's like you said, it's all about, and it's all about doing the small incremental steps. My coach in college, he used to say, it's all about the little things. And we mm -hmm. used to get so annoyed because he would be talking about like a toe point or an arm bend. And if you've ever watched gymnastics, like every second counts and you're striving to be perfect when literally yeah. it's, it's literally impossible. And, but that mindset has helped me so much in entrepreneurship. So I'm very much an all or nothing person. And I realized I used to think that that was a strength of mine. And I realize now that it's a weakness. Yeah. And <laughs> so now it's like, okay, if I don't have three hours to sit down and do focus work, what is one thing I can do right now that is a needle moving task that will help me to get to whatever my goals are? Is it reaching out to be on podcasts to get in front of a bigger reach? Is it sending that email to, you know, poach some clients? Is it sitting, it, you know, creating some Instagram posts, writing some emails? What are just really small incremental things that seem like they're not that big of a deal, but, you know, help in the long run of the business. And I think we get so caught up in like, I know for me, like I love strategy, like high level strategy, like sitting down with my team and doing that for my business and for my client's business. I love that. I'm very, very good at it, but that's not really what's going to move anyone forward. It's okay. Here's the strategy. Now we have to actually go do it. And I think that's where, you know, a lot of people, not even a lot of people, it's like when you're on that brink of, there's so many people, the entrepreneurs, especially women who have these amazing ideas. And I usually find that in the girls, the women that I mentor, it's between like, once they've hit that 200 K mark and they're like wanting to go to that next level. And it's not ever, you know, adding a new service. It's not, you know, increasing your pricing significantly or, you know, adding a team member. It's usually really, really small things to just help get that, just push you over the edge. So if you're listening and you're like, okay, I'm not, I'm not to that, you know, 200 K then keep pushing, keep going forward, but doing the small things. And then if you are doing up there, then, you know, there is like, I would just look back at what you're doing now in order to move forward. If that makes yeah. sense. I love that. I feel like you and I could probably chat forever at this stage, but is there anything else that any, any closing thoughts that you wanted to share when you can share <sighs> I'll do, I'll do some as well. Oh my gosh. I feel like one thing that I wanted to ask you was just as far as having a social media agency and, you know, working with clients, like high ticket clients, what do you think with like just the ever changing? Cause I have tons of marketing people on our podcast, just in yeah. different areas of marketing, you know, copywriting, photography, branding, social media. Right now, if someone wants to focus on social, mm -hmm. where should they start? The biggest thing that people, and I'm going to say this to a branding person, so you may, may, you may hang up on me after this, but I think the thing that we need to remember is like, we cannot hide our faces on social media anymore, regardless of what you do. If you're product-based yeah. business, stop hiding behind your product. But that is part of a brand. You know, I it's like we work with coaches. We primarily work with coaches and that's my number one thing. They come to me and they have this like cute little blah, blah, blah collective. And I'm like, nope, your no. name. Your name. You have to be you. And I think regardless, like your face 
your voice, your story, like those are the things that are going to move the needle for you on social media. Like it's not about chasing virality or trying to get the latest hack. Like I don't care about any of that. At the end of the day, we're all in the relationships business. And I like to think about social media as like the virtual handshake between you and your potential client. And if you're not showing up as you regardless, like you're, you're missing. And so knowing that the first couple of times that you show up, it's probably not going to be very good and that's okay. But just continuing to practice and to push yourself and to like allow yourself to show up as who you are, because genuinely I've built my entire business off of authenticity. People hire me because I'm authentic, because I'm exactly the same person who, as I am on a podcast, as I am on social media, as I am on a call. And I don't fluff anybody. I get straight to the point. And just like, really, that is that is the piece that has has been able to move the needle for me. Okay, so just another follow-up question. I know we're kind of coming up on time, but so you are similar to me, and I think similar to a lot of my audience, where we own agencies or studios, and but we also have a personal brand or want to create a personal brand. Yeah. So for me, for a really long time, I just started my personal brand last year. Like it hasn't even been a full year because I was so stuck on, okay, do I put it under my agency? Do I you know, have my own? And so having that separation. So, but since I started my personal brand, I haven't been sharing as much on personal stuff on my studios like mm-hmm. Instagram and social. So how do you suggest balancing both of those? Because I know that I'm not the only person that feels stuck. It's like, okay, I don't want my clients to know that like I go to happy hour on a Wednesday at 4 PM, but also like I do. So where it's like, that's not, that's not why they're coming to my, you know, design studios, Instagram page. Yeah. So I'm just curious how you add in the personality when you're, you're, you're the face, but you're not like you have the team for the studio. Yeah. So one of the energies that I try to live in is that like everything sells everything. And so I know that when I am putting content on my personal brand account, that somebody might see that and message me about social media. The other thing Mm -hmm. that I try to do a fair amount is like, just because it's my personal brand, I still talk about social media concepts from time to time. I'll make sure that I'm cross promoting across both of those accounts. So if Mm -hmm. I'm doing a reel that's social media heavy, I'm going to tag you know, the LJ social account in there. And I often will reshare from the agency account from my personal brand account, if it's relevant. So like, if I'll, I'll make sure that I'm tagging the agency in my stories and things like that. But at the end of the day, like there are two different strategies. I think my belief is that your personal brand will account. That stuff is probably actually going to sell more branding and agency work than your agency account is going to. And so how do you just make sure that you're sprinkling in some love for a current design studio in your content or whatever your agency is, right? And so that feeling that everything sells everything, you don't need to be beat yourself up about the fact that you're not posting as much on the design studio account. As long as you're continuing to give it some love, you're going to be just fine. Okay. I love that. I feel like we could go on and on. We could. We totally could. Yeah. I've got a living thought that I just want to you know, share with anybody that and certainly if you've listened to my podcast before, <laughs> you you will hear me say this, but I think motherhood is really hard and entrepreneurship is really hard. And you put them together and you have yourself a shitstorm. And you and I were chatting before about like just feeling like that, like you don't have control over everything. And I think one of the biggest lessons that I've learned, even just this last year and that I've allowed myself to just roll with is the fact that like, I'm not going to be able to control everything and that's okay. 
And one of the things that I've had to shift in my own agency, even just recently, is I used to live in this place where I was like just trying to stop any disasters from happening. I was like, I'm going to be the filter through which no messes get through, right? None. None. Not a single disaster. Everything's going to be perfect. And so I recently, this in the last six months, had to shift my perspective to being like, I will be the one to clean it up rather than I'm going to be the one to stop every, like things are going to happen. I'm going to empower my team to do the best that they can. And they're incredible. And I'm grateful for that. But I literally could not do everything that I'm trying to do and achieve the big goals that I have if I didn't empower them to do their best. And if there ends up being a mess, I can clean up pretty much anything. At the end of the day, it's social media. I'm not saving anyone's life here. Right. And so, and like, there's nothing really that bad that can even happen. But for me, it's like just kind of relinquishing control to the fact that like, I'm not going to be able to stop the mess. So I'm just going to roll with it and see what happens and, and let it just kind of be. And I think you kind of sometimes have to take that same control with mother, that same thing with motherhood. Like you're not going to be able to stop bad days. You're not going to be able to like clean up the milk. Like you can't stop the milk from getting spilled on the floor or whatever happens. The tantrum, I can't stop it. Yeah. It's going to come and we're going to do our best to, to navigate it. So I just think if you've chosen entrepreneurship and motherhood, you're very brave. But, yeah. you know, find your people and connect and feel free to reach out to us. Like if you, if you're listening to this, you made it this far, we're officially friends. So feel free to reach out to me if we haven't connected before. I'm at It's Laura Sinclair. I love to connect with other entrepreneurial moms, regardless of what season you're in in your business. That is, that's what we're all about. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's so important. And like we were talking about in the beginning of the podcast too, is like we're, we get stuck on the shoulds and there's no right or wrong way to do it. Or I should be doing this. I should be doing that. My latest mantra has been be where your feet are. Yeah. Because I'll be, you know, with Lila and playing, but I'm, on my phone answering emails or I'm thinking about, I'm literally will zone out because I'm thinking about something else that I should be doing or I'm working and I'm like, oh, I miss her where it's like, okay, I'm grounding here for an hour. I'm hanging out with Lila and then, you know, there's a time and place for, for everything. So just releasing the shoulds and just being, being as present as possible. I love it. Thanks so much for this conversation, Olivia. This was yeah. It. Thank you. And anyone that's listening that, doesn't follow me at by Olivia Austin on everything by Olivia Austin.com. And then my agency is at current design studio. Yes. We'll make sure we get all the everything linked up in the show notes. Yes. This was so fun. I feel like we're going to have to film another record another one, like in another six months, we'll do like a, a check-in. So a one year check-in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. And thank you so much for listening. We're always so grateful for everybody that gives us their time. Yes. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. And if you love this episode and know of other ambitious entrepreneurial mothers who would love to be part of this community, it would mean the world to me if you shared our podcast with them. Take a screenshot of this episode, text it to them, or share it to your Instagram stories and tag me so I can thank you for tuning in. Until next time, I love you, I appreciate you, and I am cheering for you so big. you so much for tuning into Behind the Design Podcast. I'm your host, Olivia Austin, designer, business mentor, and life enthusiast here to help you build your dream life and business. If you liked this episode, please subscribe, rate, 
leave a review and share. And don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at byoliviaaustin. I would love to hear from you. Head to byoliviaaustin.com for free trainings, business resources, courses, and other ways to work with me. I will see you in the next episode.